The year is 2029. Mankind has been at war with a vicious horde of machines run by a central computer intelligence called Skynet. In an act of desperation, Skynet has sent a robotic assassin back in time to 1984 to hunt and kill the mother of the future human resistance leader, John Connor. Connor sends his best soldier back in time to protect his mother, and the fight for the future begins in the 1984 horror sci-fi classic, The Terminator. I'm Connor Izagari. I'm Colton Jenkins. And this is Filmgasm. Happy Wednesday and welcome to the Filmgasm podcast. Our epic gauntlet continues, regrettably without Caleb Leger today, as he is the latest member of my team to be dealing with COVID. Uh, We wish him a speedy recovery, and uh, I know how much he loves this movie, so we're going to do our best to make him proud. He'll probably be back next week for our next big-ass movie. Uh, But on to Terminator. Uh, You told me this was your your first time with the Terminator. Uh, Very interesting. Yeah, sort of. So I, I've seen parts of Terminator 2. I know that it has to deal with a uh, liquid Terminator. And I know that the Terminator from this movie comes back, but he's a good guy. Uh, I remember a scene where Sarah Connor is pumping a shotgun with only one hand. And I thought that's really cool. But the more I think about it, I don't know how that's... That has, that's not an easy thing to do. But I really liked this movie. I thought it was pretty interesting. I thought Arnold Schwarzenegger played, you know, I, he really seemed like a really good father who just wanted to give his son the toy he wanted for Christmas. You know, the unstoppable force will stop at nothing to get that toy. You know, Turbo Man was really good. You know, I don't know. I really like it. <laughs> that didn't stand a chance. Oh, my God. What a classic. What a Christmas classic. It's the same plot. Arguably, I would say. <laughs> I think a lot of Arnold's movies follow the same plot, or at least the same character. <laughs> no. no, but this movie was pretty cool. I didn't know I had to do with like time travel and shit like that. So, pretty, I was pretty into this movie, and I wanna, I wanna get more into the, the series and see what it has to offer because this is really enjoyable. Nice, yeah. I, I don't remember the first time I saw Terminator. I know I saw Terminator Two first. And I was very much like, I don't know what the fuck's going on, but this is cool. <laughs> and uh, I was like, what, 13, I think at the time? Yeah, because my, my mom was in town. Uh, we lived in Maryland and she came to Austin for the 10th anniversary of Days to Confused that my uncle got tickets for. He lived in Austin. And I was being babysat by his girlfriend at the time's daughter. And like, I remember we ate cheese balls and watched Clock Stoppers. And then the next day we went to her, his girl, uh, my uncle's girlfriend's house and they rented Terminator 2 from Blockbuster and we watched Terminator 2. I have a distinct memory of that whole weekend. It's great. Um, so yeah, Terminator has just kind of been there. It's, uh, it's, I think it's a great movie. This first one, I mean, for $6 million, Cameron was able to do so much. And I just, I'm, I'm in awe of, I, he's got a huge ego. He's a prick, but God damn, can that man direct? <laughs> I think the ego's well earned i think maybe a little bit i mean he's never had a failure i mean that's pretty amazing very few filmmakers have never had a failure and his successes are like you know billions of dollars more than most filmmakers successes we'll get into cameron for sure his career started with this this was his first no way 
Well, this was, I mean, his first movie was Piranha 2, The Spawning, but he got kicked off that production. So this was his uh, first, like, real movie. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, pretty good. See how we went from this to Titanic, though. That doesn't, I, I don't see the bridge, you know? It's, like, he's only made, like, six movies. But they're all huge movies. Um. I just looked him up on, on Google to see some of the movies that he's made. And I'm not, I'm not kidding you. Um, he has every Avatar movie up until Avatar 5 listed. Yeah, he's got pretty big plans for Avatar. Uh, all hinging on the way of water, which comes out around Christmas. So if that doesn't work, we don't get 3, 4, 5 and that theme park. Wow. Okay. I'm kind of hoping we don't get, I don't want just an endless stream of Avatar movies. I don't, I don't want them. I don't either, but um, I mean, I liked it. He waited way too fucking long. Yeah, I don't really know what was up with that. I guess we'll find out. Maybe the way with water will be like, oh, that's why. But I doubt it. Did you hear that when Avatar came out, people were like committing suicide because um, like the real world will, would never be as beautiful as Pandora was? That is... A really stupid reason to kill yourself. Yeah, apparently it was like a big thing when the movie came out. Or maybe I'm misremembering, but I'm pretty sure that was like a big controversy with the movie. Wow, that's... I don't think that should... I don't think that's the movie's fault in the slightest. You're going to kill yourself <laughs> no, because no, no. Your life will never be that amazing. That's, that's a you problem, straight up. Absolutely not. I'm never going to be a Jedi. Am I going to jump off a bridge for it? No. Never going to cut off your hand? No. Jesus Christ, some people. Um, so this is pretty cool. The idea for the Terminator came out of a dream that James Cameron had while he was in Rome during the release of his first film, Piranha 2, The Spawning. In that dream, he was being chased by a robotic torso holding a kitchen knife. Uh, Cameron used the dream as a launching pad for a new film. His agent thought it was a bad idea, suggested he abandon it, work on something else. It was too horror. So Cameron just fired the agent. I love that. It's like, you don't believe in my work? Why are you here? Fuck off. What a pro move. I know, but at the time he had like nothing. He had no clout. He had nothing to, to do that, like, you know, on. But he believed in the Terminator so much. He's like, this is going to be the movie that makes my career. And I, that's confidence. I appreciate that. And also, I love when movie ideas and story ideas come out of dreams. That's so cool. It's like your yeah. subconscious telling you, like, this is what you're supposed to do. Apparently, um, it's not a movie, but the song Billie Jean came to Michael Jackson in a dream. And it's like one of the most iconic bass riffs ever. Yesterday by the Beatles, that came out of a dream Paul McCartney had. Like really? he, he imagined the, uh, the melody. He woke up and came up with some fake lyrics to keep the melody alive in his head. Did a bunch of research to make sure the song wasn't already an existing tune. And then they made Yesterday. Oh my God. That's actually yeah. really cool. It's pretty neat. It's always cool. I wrote, a, I had a story I wrote that came out of a dream I had. And uh, it's a pretty cool story. So sometimes it's just like, you know, it's divine interventions. Like, here's a goddamn story or a song. <laughs> there you go. It's awesome. Uh, the initial outline of the Terminator, the first one, involved two Terminators being sent to the past. The first was similar to the Terminator in this movie. The second was a liquid metal assassin who could not be destroyed with conventional weaponry. So basically, T2 was supposed to be the first Terminator movie. Huh. But Cameron realized that the technology of the time was inefficient to create the T-1000. 
liquid metal CGI shapeshifter in 1984 was never going to look as good as Cameron wanted it to look. So he figured I'll sit on this. I'll wait till technology catches up with my genius and I'll do it then. And he only had to wait seven years. <laughs> uh, it's better than fucking, I don't know. How long did James Cameron wait between <laughs> Avatar and Avatar 2? 2009 to 2022. No. Uh, wait. What's that? What's that? Eight, 16, 15. 16. I don't fucking know, man. 16 years, yeah. Too long. That's how much. <laughs> God. Uh, for the role of Kyle Reese, product, the production wanted a star whose popularity was rising in the United States, but who would also have foreign appeal. So they found Arnold Schwarzenegger. And oh. sent his agent the script for the Terminator. He want, they wanted him to play Kyle Reese originally. But then, I yeah, I mean, no. Then Cameron met with him and is like, well, you're a hulking Austrian bodybuilder. Probably not good for Reese, but you'd be a great Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> I, like the, um, I like that this movie started. I know that Arnold Schwarzenegger isn't Russian. But this movie, I feel like, started the whole like big hulking russian or just foreign guy that's just like unstoppable like in the punisher the dude with the striped t-shirt the russian he's just a big dude in stranger things season three there is a character just called the russian and he wears a leather jacket and he has basically Arnold schwarzenegger's hair and he's basically they call him the terminator in the show because that's all he does which is fucking hilarious that i, I don't know I, I think i think that's a it's a fun stereotype i'll always fall for it I'll always enjoy watching that stereotype fuck people up. Well, Arnold was, I mean, if you look at the guy, he's like larger than life. He's a bodybuilder. He can barely speak English. Like how was this dude going to be the, like the biggest box office star of all time? <laughs> and really it's just like charisma and screen appeal and just like he committed. And I think, you know, he opened the doors for a lot of just, you know, Eastern European action stars like, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren. So yeah. he's definitely like the, the original, you know, hulking Eastern European action star. Was this and his he, first movie? Uh, this was not his first. This is one of his first movies. He'd already done uh, Conan the Barbarian, mm. uh, Hercules in New York, which is just fucking awful. Oh, no. This was one of his first good movies. Mm. Uh, it's funny. He didn't even want to do this. Like I was reading that he, uh, in his autobiography, he, somebody had pointed out like the wardrobe in his apartment and they're like, what's this for? And he's like, ah, oh, just some shit movie I'm doing. Oh my God, dude. And it became like the movie he was most known for, like the, you know, ter- made him a superstar in Hollywood. It's funny. Sometimes it's the ones you don't expect. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, this is hilarious. Sylvester Stallone and Mel Gibson both turned down the role of the Terminator. Uh, the studio suggested a uh, famous football player by the name of O.J. Simpson. But uh, oh, Cameron, fuck. oh yeah, at the time, I mean, before all the, you know, the what have you, he was, <laughs> he was a, like the most famous football player in America. But James Cameron just didn't feel he would be believable as a killer. As a killer so, who's, who's hunting down a woman? Really? Wow. Okay. That people wouldn't buy that. I don't buy it. I mean, uh, did, did anything happen? What happened? Oh. Yeah, sometimes, you know, I guess he was holding on to that. He went full method for that and really held on for like 10 years. 
fucking crazy. OJ Simpson could have been the Terminator instead of, you know, a Terminator of his wife and Ron Goldman later. I wonder, I wonder what that dimension is like. The world uh, where OJ Simpson played the Terminator. I wonder if maybe he was, what if he was like satisfied in his career and he just didn't do that? Dude, what if he became governor of California? <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Damn. Also, I just looked it up. Conan the Barbarian is free on Tubi, so I will be enjoying that. Conan the Barbarian is a badass movie. Like that is a cool. <laughs> yeah. It's it's sequel Conan the Destroyer, not so much, but the first Conan is awesome. It's written by the same guy who read, who wrote Apocalypse Now, and it's just Arnold okay. as a badass like fantasy warrior just conquering shit. It's awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I also that's another stereotype of always like the big like barbarian like you know like he-man you know conan all that shit well frankly i mean if you're gonna be that big i'm i'll watch whatever you want to (laughs) do really it's like that's the appeal to me it's like that dude's huge i want to see what he's doing speaking of being too big i just found this out i know you don't want stranger things and i don't mean to keep talking about it but you know the finale it's it's not just you go on (laughs) but um the actor that plays billy uh, what's his name? Uh, Dacre Montgomery. Is that how you say his name? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I think I think that's how you say it. I don't want to be wrong, and people hate me. But I mean, I've yeah yeah Dacre Montgomery. Um, he was playing Power Rangers because he was in Power Rangers. But when he got the role for Bill for Billy, uh, he realized that uh, he was too big for like a teenager in the 80s like too like ripped so he like decided to to like lose a little bit of weight and put on more fat to play the character of billy which is fucking hilarious there weren't any jack teenagers like, <laughs> i don't know <laughs> that's funny i remember reading one of the power rangers got like arrested for killing his roommate a couple of years ago oh no they like stabbed him with a samurai sword. It was such a weird story. But uh, yeah, sometimes, you know, sometimes you can be too jacked, apparently. I guess so. I guess. I didn't see the new Power Ranger movie um, because, well, I mean, it, I didn't see the new Power Ranger movie because it's a new Power Ranger movie. But, you know. Yeah, that was never my thing. I was never a Power Rangers kid. Power Rangers, G.I. Joe, Transformers, all that passed me by. Yeah, no, I wasn't into it. I've had so many friends try to like bring me around on that lately. And it's like, it's just, it's not taken. It's like, I just can't take it seriously because I didn't grow up with it. No, I was with, I was, I was too busy on Teen Titans, which if they made a Teen Titans movie and actually did it well, oh my God, that would be so good. That would be good. I'm, I've been watching that lately. I'm on the, like the fourth or fifth season. It's the one with the, the hive. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, good shit. Good shit. Uh, James Cameron. He's an Oscar winner, became a directing megastar with The Terminator, which he followed with Aliens, maybe the best in that franchise too, The Abyss, Terminator 2, True Lies, Titanic, and Avatar. And that is it. You think Aliens is the best in the series? I personally do, yes. Hmm. That's interesting. I feel like it's a very different type of movie than the other Alien movies. Personally, I think... Like the first one is like really good. Obviously, it is the best one, but I feel like Covenant and Prometheus are better made movies. I feel like they're more enjoyable to watch. I think. 
I think, okay, not better made. I think Covenant is a scarier movie than Alien, if that makes sense. It's, it's more intense, I feel. No sense. I disagree entirely. Oh, Alien oh. is way scarier and a hallmark of, of sci-fi horror. And Prometheus and Covenant are forgettable. I'm really? Sorry. Yeah, I didn't care for them. <laughs> I, I, I can see why. Like, the first Alien was pretty terrifying. And, oh, my God, have you played the game? Isolation? Yes, I have. Um, that is my favorite Alien media of all, like... I think it's better than the first movie, honestly. I haven't been closer to a heart attack than I have been when I played that game. <laughs> Man, apparently they, they, they came out um, with um, a VR port, and it's unplayable oh. because, no, I don't even want to walk. <laughs> Fuck that. I'm not, no way. <laughs> like, you'll be in an air vent, and then you hear a sound, and you turn around, and all oh, there it is. And you can't do shit because, like, you can't, you can't get out of the air vent quick enough. Terrifying. That is a great way to break your TV and your bones by falling off a ship. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the lawsuits on that thing. I mean, you got to like fill out a disclaimer before you play, I bet. Uh, one day we will do Prometheus or Covenant or something, and we'll be able to kind of fully analyze those films because we've already done Alien and Aliens on, on this show. But I do want to I I invite dis- dissenting opinion because I'm curious. Yeah. I think, I think honestly, it might just be because it's more. I think technically, uh, I don't know how to explain it. It's more the same way we're like, okay, I guess I don't get the hate for The Force Awakens because, I mean, like the special effects in that movie are wonderful. And yeah, like I, I see the argument for like handmade effects and CGI. But I, I don't know, not a, maybe not a better movie. I don't know how to articulate my thought process. No, I got it. Sometimes it's just personal pe- preference. Sometimes it's a certain je ne sais quoi. It's just yeah. what it is. There's really no way to explain it. I get it. I'm I, not in no way, shape, or form saying that the first Alien movie is awful. It's a wonderful movie and definitely in like top 10 horror movies of all time. I can tell. I can see the poster. Yes. I do have a poster. <laughs> and also just the tagline in space. No one can hear you scream. Terrifying. I saw a knockoff alien t-shirt that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. It was at like some street vendor. It was the alien poster with the egg and everything, but it said Alan. (laughs) And the tagline was in space. No one can hear you in space. (laughs) Oh my God, dude, that is fucking funny. (laughs) Oh, it was the best. Every time I see that poster, I just think, Alan. Um, so Cameron won three Oscars for Titanic he won best director best film editing and best picture and he has the most self-inflating Oscar speech I've ever seen in my life it's for best director he went up there basically just he yelled I'm the king of the world from Titanic and then he just he left (laughs) like I know I'm awesome come on like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> I will say, I watched Titanic for the first time a couple months ago, and I didn't realize it was that long. Um, I, I remember I got halfway through the movie, and I was like, I got to go like get water or something, because this movie is really long. Um, but before I got up, I was like, you know, because I've been, I've been watching the movie for like an hour and a half, and I'm like, this I know how this movie ends. When is the boat sinking? Because there is no... 
like no, nothing is happening of note. So I pause it to go pee and get a snack. And I'm only halfway through the fucking movie. And I'm like, there is no way. Yeah. Oh, this is the how fucking long is this movie? Yeah. If you're going to watch Titanic, you got to know what you're getting into. That's a three and a half hour adventure. Like you got to be prepared. Yeah. Uh, I love that you went in blind, not knowing that. I can't imagine being like, when the fuck is this going to sink? Like, just, I didn't go in completely blind. I know how the movie ends, you know? Yeah. It just takes forever to get there. <laughs> yeah. I really liked it also. And I hate that. One of my biggest fears is drowning or just being in a sinking ship. So that movie, the way that they filmed that is fucking amazing. Like um, when Jack gets handcuffed in, in the basement and the water level is rising, that scene, I have never felt that in any movie ever, ever. Yeah. And I've seen some pretty intense movies and nothing has come that close. Oh man. It's yeah. It, once it, once we like, I, I can do without the two hour love story, frankly, I just want to see the, you know, the actual historical events that happened. Yeah. But uh, once that boat starts sinking, it's, it's a, a thrilling adventure that just doesn't stop. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dude, 11 Oscar wins, like unreal, man. There was fucking room. I'm, I know everyone has this, you know, everyone has this complaint. There was fucking room on the fucking door, man. It was that was recently finally disproven. Like, yes, he could have gone up there, but the buoyancy wouldn't have worked. It would have sank the door. Oh, so I so I'll take it. All right, fine. <laughs> I still I, I I still cling just because I I like Jack as a character so much. He was the he was the poor boy falling in love with the rich girl stereotype that I didn't hate. I really liked his character, so I still cling to the fan to the fan theory that. Uh, Jack survives, takes the heart of the sea, sells it, becomes a mobster in New York City, and throws a party every night trying to find bros. <laughs> Ends up falling in love with someone else. I mean, dude, dude, the Gats, Gatsby's scared of water. He has a weird uh, past that no one, you know, believes. <laughs> That's good. I like that. I always felt bad for older Rose's husband, like the father of her children, who she clearly has zero love for because she's been thinking about Jack for 50 years. Yeah, man. Come on. Like you met him for two days. Yeah. Crazy. But then I feel like seeing like that person who like you have a little fling with, seeing them drown has to be traumatizing. So maybe, I don't know. Well, seeing anybody drown. I mean, I almost saw somebody drown once, but that's, that's not for now. Oh my god! Oh yeah, that was a scary time. I'll tell you when we're done. It was like fucking horror fuel. Caleb remembers he was there. Oh my god! Um, but uh, yeah, Titanic. It's been a minute. There's certain movies that I just I haven't seen in a long time because I don't have three and a half hours in a row to just enjoy something. No, I, I would gonna, like. Hmm? I was gonna watch the Lord of the Rings um, a couple of days ago. And again, I got halfway through the movie and I'm like, why the fuck is this so long? I don't remember it being this long. And then I pushed pause and it said extended version. And I was like, oh, fuck. It's like, come on. Yeah, I'm, I'll make the exception for the Lord of the Rings. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll drop everything and watch those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I put it on uh, like a long time ago, like when I first moved here. I put it on just as background noise. Horrible, horrible mistake because it wasn't background noise. I ended up watching the whole movie. <laughs> um. So Cameron won for that. That became the highest grossing film of all time for the longest time. Nothing beat Titanic until Cameron topped himself in 2009 with Avatar. 
which became the highest grossing film of all time until Avengers Endgame beat that for a few months. And then Avatar was re-released in China, got more money, and it's back on top again. Hold on. Pause. Yeah. Be kind to rewind. Um, are you telling me right now that they re-released Avatar in China recently? Yeah, like a year ago. Had they not, did it not release in China or something? Or did they just re-release it? They just re-released it. Like it, it made the bulk of its money from China the first time. And I guess since like there weren't a lot of new movies coming out over in China at the time, they threw Avatar back into theaters and it made another like $50 million. And it beat Endgame, a re-release beat Endgame. Yep. And now Avatar, because they just added the, you know, the box office total to Avatar's previous total and it went over Endgame again. And now Avatar's back on top. That is insane to me. Also, I know we've said it before, but there will never be another theater experience like any ever again. There won't. Spider-Man No Way Home came pretty close, but uh, like, I don't see, I'm, I'm sure Marvel will find a way to top themselves. They always do. Sure. But as of now, like, goddamn, I, I, I think about that like all the time. Like, wow, I got to see that the day it came out and I was just so excited. Uh, Funnily enough, I thought this was hilarious. Um, James Cameron would be nominated for those same three Oscars for Avatar. He would lose Best Director to his ex-wife. <laughs> what did she After Bigelow for The Hurt Locker. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, it's beautiful. Also won Best Picture, so he lost twice to his ex-wife. Oof, oof. <laughs> uh, as of now... Avatar The Way of Water is his next film, comes out December 16th. And uh, that's going to be Cameron and Avatar together forever. That's all he's got planned. So <laughs> I, I want to know if he planned all of this when the first movie came out or now if he's just like, shit, I got to do something big with this because like, I, he, I don't know. Like, has any, I don't think a lot of people have been like, where the hell is Avatar 2? I feel like that movie came, it made $3 billion, and then nobody really remembers any details. Like, when it came out, it was, it was incredible. And people were like, like, oh, fuck, we need a sequel. Yeah. And, you know, they were like, oh, yeah, we, we're, like, we, we're going to make a sequel. But now the hype is over, and there are, so, there are so many better movies than Avatar now that I don't think. So this movie better, it, I have, I, it's, it's going to go one of two ways. It's going to blow people out of the way of water, or it's going to fucking bomb and be awful. I wish that Cameron would just refocus his energies back into like, you know, the alien franchise or the term or, you know, go reboot Terminator himself or maybe something new and original. That would be nice. I don't know. We'll see. That would be pretty cool. If he like made a whole new, like if he rebooted the alien series, I know he, I mean, I know Prometheus, I don't really think it was a reboot. I think it was, I mean, it was a prequel. But if he like rebooted the Alien series, that'd be pretty cool. You know, he only made Titanic so he could explore the actual wreckage. Like he didn't really want to make the movie; he just wanted to explore the actual Titanic. But they were like, "You got to make a movie if you're going to get our money." And he's like, oh, "Fine, I'll make something." <laughs> and that became Titanic. <laughs> Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. They're they're rebuilding Titanic right now. And it's, yeah. It's, there's Exact replica, and it's going to go on the same fucking path. See, I feel like it's going to be fine because I don't think there's any more icebergs. Yeah, no, you know we, we've we've made sure of that. Yeah, 
But still, I mean, I wouldn't get on the Titanic too. Oh, no. Doing the same. What? <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't get on the Hindenburg too either. Like, no. No. You know how many people are going to fuck in the car storage area? Oh, my God. It's going to, yeah. The collective moisture of that ship is going to get thicker. Do you watch Rick and Morty? Yes. Yeah, there's an episode where Jerry goes <laughs> to a Titanic reenactment. Yeah, and it doesn't sink, and that's the that's the tragedy. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, let's talk about Mr. Universe himself, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He became a global superstar after playing the Terminator. Prior to this film, he'd done Conan the Barbarian, pretty awesome fantasy adventure. Some of his most well-known films since include Commando, Predator, Total Recall, Kindergarten Cop, Last Action Hero, Batman and Robin, and of course, all the Terminator sequels he'd be involved with. He's arguably the most successful box office superstar of all time. His name is synonymous with success and now, you know, politics, because he was the governor of California for quite some time. So... Yeah, he might be the most successful human being of all time if you take into account everything he's accomplished. <laughs> Is he still like involved in politics at all? No, nope. he left office in like 20, 2011, 2012 and immediately went back to Hollywood and started making more movies. Wait, wait a minute. He was in, he was, he, what? Whoa, he was in office in 2011? I think so. He, I think he served two terms. Let me find that out. He was uh, an actor while he was a governor? No, he took a break from acting. Did the, pol- did the political scene. Then he left po- politics and went back to acting. Okay, <laughs> holy shit, man. I there was, was no act- transitional period. He just immediately went right back to movies. <laughs> yeah, 2003 to 2011. He was the, the governor of California. Awesome. That's fucking insane. Yeah. I mean, his movies since haven't exactly been, you know, amazing. But he's still doing it. <laughs> I think he, um, sometimes I think actors need to stop. Like, I think Bruce Willis is done. He needs to stop. But well, I, he, he has to stop. He's been diagnosed with dementia, so. Oh, no. Yeah, that was rough. Yikes. Oh, no. Okay. I feel bad now. Keep going. Keep making movies, man. Please. <laughs> oh, dude, I went, when we did the Death Wish episode on uh, Beyond the Bad, I went ham on how bad of an actor Bruce Willis was, not realizing at the time, of course, like everybody else, that he had has been dealing with this for like quite some time. Ooh. So yeah, I've eaten the crow already. Wait, Death Wish, isn't that the uh let me make sure? Oh, okay, that's not the movie I thought it was. Never mind. No, yes it is. Wait. Oh what? Nope, not the movie I thought of. He did a weird fucking movie where he was in space and there were space zombies and it was awful. Don't watch it. Oh, I think was that Cosmic Sin? Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to see that just because I know it's going to be fucking terrible. He plays Bruce. He Bruce Willis plays Bruce Willis playing Bruce Willis. It's to be fair. To be fair, he has been phoning it in for quite some time, far long before the diagnosis. I just want to make that clear. Yes, but. I do feel bad for him and his family. 100%. Arnold Schwarzenegger, however, still killing it. Uh, I think he's planning, they've been trying to do a third Conan movie for quite some time. And I really hope he gets to do it. That'd be pretty fucking dope, not gonna lie. I would, I would drop money to see that. <laughs> King Conan, I think they were gonna call it. Um, but he, yeah, he became immediately, you know, associated with the Terminator. It's something he never really... You know, left. He's come back to the role of, 
in all but one movie. He, um, his catchphrase, I'll be back, came out of this movie. He said it in almost every movie since. Yeah, I, the, I was, I was whelmed. I wasn't underwhelmed, wasn't overwhelmed when he said it. I was like, I was like, really that? Because <laughs> he just <laughs> says it to, to a desk clerk. He's like, I'll be back. Granted, well, yeah, but, but then he drives was, through the fucking yeah, yeah. station. <laughs> well, okay. So when that happened, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. But the, when, as soon as he said it, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? That? That's what did it? And then he drives through the door. And I was like, oh, okay, makes sense. <laughs> well, the original line was, I'll come back. But Arnold's like, nah, we got to tweak that. And James Cameron's like, don't you tell me how to write. And he's like, sorry, boss. And then he, he did it anyway. And Cameron's <laughs> like, you know what? All right, it was better. <laughs> That's, that's great that's great um michael bean plays kyle reese warrior from the future he would reprise the role in a brief deleted scene in terminator 2 if you're watching the extended cut it is in there uh he would later appear in aliens tombstone the abyss the rock planet terror and an episode in the most recent season of the mandalorian so um, he's had his career ups and downs he's struggled with alcoholism for quite some time he's been on and off the wagon and uh, I hope he's getting the treatment he needs uh, lately. But to me, it's always like is Kyle Reese or, or Corporal Hicks from Aliens. It's like, I don't know who's more badass. But the fact that he's gotten to be in both those huge-ass franchise, franchises is good for him. Kyle Reese. Are you kidding me? Because he had to know, right? Imagine going back in time, saving a girl, and being like, look, I know that I'm going to fuck you at some point today. Like... <laughs> Because he had to know, right? Did he know? I don't think he knew. I know John knows. Like, he knew. He sent Kyle back for a reason. He just didn't tell him, like, look, I need you to bang my mom so I can exist. <laughs> How do you tell your friend that? But um, <laughs> I, I think it's weird that no, Reese... How do you tell your dad that? <laughs> yeah. Like, how does... Reese falls in love with a photograph of a lady he's never known, of his best friend's, like, mother who died years ago. Like, that's a weird situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. A little forced, but also it's, it's cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's good in this. Uh, the, the original plan, I remember reading somewhere that the plan for T2, uh, before they were able to do the liquid metal thing, they were going to swap him where Reese was the Terminator this time. He was the bad guy and Arnold was the protector, which would have been cool, I think. That's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think Re they wanted Reese to play the T-1000 or something, but they ultimately went with Robert Patrick. Uh, As in like, like they use Michael Reese's body? Yeah. Like he, he looks like, like they use him to make the Terminator. Oh my God. Yeah. Like that would it could have been cool. That would have, that would have fucked with Sarah. I feel like. It would have, it really would have. <laughs> would have been cool. Yeah. Um, Finally, we got Linda Hamilton as Sarah Connor, mother of the future. She would reprise the role in Terminator 2, playing a much more hardened, cynical, and badass version of Sarah. And then again in Terminator Dark Fate. She was also in Children of the Corn, Dante's Peak, and TV shows like Chuck, Claws, and Resident Alien. And uh, she also has never really, like, she's always been associated with the Terminator franchise. And I love the fucking warrior glow up between terminator one and two and t2 yes she's been in an insane asylum because no one believes her that robots in the future are trying to kill her and her future son so she's been preparing for judgment day for years and she is buff and 
knows how to fight, knows how to kill. She's awesome. So props to Linda Hamilton for pulling that off and then doing it again in 2019. It took me a while, honestly. I, I'm kind of ashamed to admit it. It took me a while to realize that that was the same actress. <laughs> it's like, a very different performance, for sure. Yeah. Even, even, like the part when she's like, she's like me, I'm not tough. Like, how am I the woman, like the mother of the future? As soon as she said, I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, yeah, bro, you got a long ways to go. <laughs> for sure. The Terminator has an IMDb score of 8.1. Unbelievable Rotten Tomatoes score of 100%. Very few films have that. Uh, it was a huge hit, grossing $78 million on a budget of only $6 million. The film spawned five sequels, a successful TV show, and a bunch of video games, novels, and comic books. It's become a huge, profitable franchise that they can't really seem to nail down another film of, but they keep trying. Uh, yeah, The Terminator. So let's dig into this thing, talk some highlights. Uh, I love we open just, you know, 2029. Mankind is at war with machines. What, what's going to happen next? It's like, okay, here we go. So, you know, I've, I've grown to, like, realize that there's always, like, an opening title sequence. So um, I recently bought a giant tub of uh, Jolly Rancher powder to, for water. So I, I pushed play on the movie and then I went into the kitchen, made a quick bottle of Jolly Rancher water. And I come back and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I get halfway through the movie because I pause it. And then like, you know, like how chapters come up. I see that. I'm like, oh, fuck, I missed something. And I read that and I'm like, I'm like oh, fuck. I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you need that. You need, yeah, you kind of need to know that or you're not going to know what the fuck's going on for quite some time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the opening music's become iconic. You know, that that's become like super iconic. I love it. Brad Fidel did the music, killed it. Um, and then our opener is just like, you know, the title and then some actors and then boom, the Terminator. I love it. Yeah. Arnold shows up naked in LA. He's like, I need clothes. Goes and fucks with a street gang, one of whom is Bill Paxton. Love that. Yeah, game over, man. That guy from Aliens. <laughs> yeah. And I love the one guy's like, laundry day. Nothing clean, huh? <laughs> naked Arnold. I'm sorry, but if Arnold Schwarzenegger walked up to me naked, I'm running the opposite direction. Yeah. And any, any dude this huge just casually strolls up to me completely naked. Something happened and something's about to happen. I don't want to be part of either one. No, there's something so fucking like just the 80, 80s punk, the dreadlocks, blue hair, fingerless gloves. Yeah. You know, they did it in one episode of Stranger Things before people were like, I fucking hate this. Don't ever do this again. They did that for one episode. Like L goes off and they're trying to do an, an like, like an Avengers thing. But the, anyway, that the fucking and then this movie with the colored hair, you know. Like, dude, there's something, there's something about it. I get it. It's, it's obnoxious. It's like, you don't look like a real threat. You look like neon. It's weird. Yes. Yeah. Very, it's, it's, it's too obnoxious is the best word for it. The 80s punk. Yeah. There's a line in a rap song called Damn It Feels Good to Be a Gangsta by Ghetto Boys. And it's, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but it's real Real gangsters don't flex nuts because real gangsters know they got them. Like, yeah, real real badasses don't need to tell you that they're that they're badasses. There you go. <laughs> I love how they all pull out a knife, little little switchblades. Yeah, fuck you, asshole. <laughs> really, you want to mess with this guy? 
His biceps are bigger than your fucking head. Yeah. And then he rips out a dude's heart. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Yeah, like right <laughs> out the like, gate. Like, this is different. <laughs> well, this movie just started. <laughs> uh, fun fact. Uh, with this movie, Aliens and Predator 2, Bill Paxton is one of two actors to have been killed by a alien, a predator, and a Terminator. Hey! The other one is Lance Hendrickson, who plays the cop. He's also Bishop in Aliens, and uh, Charles Wayland in Alien vs. Predator, so he has also been killed by all three of those. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's an awesome feather in the cap. I would brag about that constantly. (laughs) Uh, So meanwhile, Kyle Reese shows up, also naked, because you can't time travel unless you're naked. I like that rule. Well, because he says nothing was like nothing non-organic can pass through. I think they did that specifically just so like, you know, Skynet couldn't send like a bomb back or something. Yeah. yeah. But then I'm also like, so you're telling me if it's covered in flesh, it's fine. Yeah. That's how they explain why Arnold looks, you know, 60 something in Terminator 6. It's like the, the flesh ages, the robot inside does not. Okay. Arnold. <laughs> well, then the next but. Still. Disgusting as it may be, maybe Cronenberg can make this. Uh, Skynet just makes a bomb and then wraps it in human flesh and then sends it. That's a really doable idea. I don't know why they didn't do <laughs> <No>. that. <laughs> Staple some some Austrian skin to that fucker. Just oh, watch it back to 1984. Oh, or God. Over. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I mean, you could just you just shove it up his ass. That's true. I mean, you really want to piss off humanity to shove a nuke up Kyle Reese's ass and then launch him back in time. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but yeah, Reese shows up, steals pants from a homeless guy. I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's the first thing our hero does. <laughs> I don't know why he gets chased by the cops. Like, what was the crime? But there's no way, like, so many cops are chasing him for stealing the pants off a homeless guy. But there's more to it than that. <laughs> Yeah, actually, that's true. That's all he does to get the cops following him throughout the whole movie. Yeah. I mean, that's all he does at first. Then he shoots up a nightclub. I get that. That's true. And then he steals a gun. Yeah. Uh, Sarah is a waitress who has to deal with some assholes, like a kid who puts a fucking ice cream in her pocket. Fuck that kid. Also, okay, so here's the thing, right? I've always had an issue with people writing either bullies or just shitty people because nobody acts like that uh, granted I, I i've been a waiter no one's like if you see me carrying food no one's like excuse me can i have my coffee now please I'm like what the fuck everyone every person in that diner deserves to be killed by the terminator <laughs> especially that fucking kid what are you doing you're gonna waste all that ice cream for a, yeah. for a gag for a little for a little laugh <laughs> That kid, that kid is my arch nemesis. I would love for him to try that shit on Terminator 2, Sarah, and see what happens. <laughs> what, what does her friend say? She comes up to her and she's like, she's like, uh, look on the bright side. Uh, she says something. Oh, yeah, in 100 years, who's going to care? Yeah, dude, come on. <laughs> I think it's funny that the Terminator used the fucking phone book. Like, Skynet couldn't give him a, 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 pic, a picture, a face, maybe a middle name. When we first started, I was thinking like, okay, he's gonna he's gonna track this down. He obviously like I don't know like maybe has like 
not her scent, but he has a way to track her. Nope. Phone book. Yep. Just going to kill everybody named Sarah Connor. That's local. Mm-hmm. I like how realistic the cops were. They're like, oh, fuck. Like, we got to deal with the press because someone's killing all the Sarah Connors. I love the one guy's like, I hate the weird ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's he just starts going on a killing spree after, of course, he goes to the gun store and Dick Miller just keeps giving him giant guns and is, is completely unfazed by the, the, the bad vibes going on here. I love that. America. Yeah, I might just close early today. He was excited. Ooh. He was I love like, when Terminator's like, give me a plasma rifle. And he's like, look, what you, what, what you see is what you get, pal. <laughs> That's not a great way to talk to your best customer, man. No. <laughs> uh, I love that he starts loading the shotgun and Dick Miller's reaction is, um, hey, you can't do that. Not like, like, oh, shit. Just, hey, uh, that's not right. <laughs> Great stuff. Uh, so Reese is just kind of, he thankfully picked the right Sarah just out of nowhere. And, uh, well, of course, he, had the, he, he knew the picture. That's true. Yeah, that's true. At first, I kept thinking, like, did he bring that with him? And then I kept thinking, like, that's where he, was it in his, like, in the where mouth or the, the, the prison wallet? Like, where did he bring that? <laughs> then I'm like, oh, no, it burned up in the flashback. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that makes more sense. I also think, like, there's no way he should be able to conceive John. Because <laughs> everyone in the future grew up in a nuclear wasteland. <laughs> like, everyone's sperm count is zero. <laughs> yeah. But there's no way. Nah. But that never comes up. A also, lot more people survive global nuclear war than really should have in this franchise. It's also, I think, a little bit of Stockholm syndrome. The reason that she likes him. I mean, she, he basically kidnaps her. Also, the uh, come with me if you want to live. I didn't I thought I thought the Terminator says that. I didn't know that. I don't know that he says that. Yeah, Terminator says that in part two because he's oh the- okay, cool. It's cool. And then uh, John says it in part three. Like I think somebody says it in every movie. It's one of those lines. Oh. Um, but yeah, he totally just kidnapped her. I remember remember when she tries to get out of the car and he like fucking grabs her and forces her back into the car. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, shit, dude. Damn. <laughs> that's not how you save someone, but that's just my opinion. What do I know? <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't really get much of a, a mission here. He's like somehow tracked down his mom protect her from this killing machine and then just, I guess, be in the 80s. <laughs> just, yeah. just hang out. <laughs> he didn't have a plan. He Like, when he's getting interviewed by the cops, they're like, how do you get back? And he's like, you don't. That scene, I love that scene when the guy's just like, mm-hmm, like asking all the follow-up questions, doesn't believe a fucking word of it, and he's just like, yeah. well, what about this? Like, like, waiting for him to, like, find a hole in the story. <laughs> which, again, dude, like, what was the plan, man? Because if he had survived, he would have met like like what like where does he come from? So he's born in the future, goes back in time and lives out his life. So dude, like what what he fucking so he's born in the future. Yeah. And then at some point goes back in time as an adult. So so th- there has to be a time a point in time where there's two of them. Oh yeah, that comes up in Terminator Five. Okay, I was gonna say because like, who gets to sleep with Sarah, the older one or the younger one? Well, the younger one is like five, so probably adult. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> okay, never mind. Oh, <laughs> I'm just picturing Reese arguing with a five year old version of himself, like she's mine. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, I do love the horror elements of this movie, mostly just the Terminator, you know, randomly attacking people. The scene at the nightclub is great. Yeah. I love when she, like, he's scanning the crowd and she, like, drops something and leans down and misses, he misses her. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. Um, I I think I've seen that scene before because when that happened, I was like, oh, fuck, I know, I know, I know this. But I also love how she thinks Reese is the psycho who's after her at first. And is like, she calls the cops on him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cops are unbelievably ineffective in this movie. I, it makes me laugh how. They always like, are. They always are. <laughs> cops in movies are the worst. Yeah. I mean, he just runs, you know, strolls in there, starts gunning him down. Ah, crazy. Did uh, you see um, Get Out? Yeah. Okay. The TSA agent in that movie is the best cop in any movie ever. I'm just saying. I agree. I agree 100%. He's the only person that gets anything done. <laughs> and I love how at the end of that movie, he's like, he's like, whoa, you're here. And he's like, yeah, GSA. What the fuck are you talking about? We get shit done. Yeah, we get shit done. We talk. I you come on. Uh, dude, I, the first time I saw that, the fucking panic and rage when the cop car shows up and the wave of relief when it's his friend. Like, yeah. Brilliant filmmaking. God damn dude. Wonderful. Do you know, have you seen the um, alternate ending? Oh, yeah, I fucking hate it. If they had so good that wasn't it. Yeah, that, that was a horrible idea. <laughs> oh, man. So the, fu- the, the shootout at the, um, at the nightclub is great. It's called Tech Noir, which is what Cameron would call the genre that this film is. So he named the nightclub after it. Yeah, I see that. I, and you know Caleb's not here to defend himself. This isn't a horror movie. This is a tech noir film. Ah, uh, shots fired. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I think it has horror elements. Yeah, it does. Yeah, but I I do think it leans more into action sci-fi. But there are definitely horror elements. A lot of which I'm going to kind of tie together uh, at the end of the show. So we'll get we'll get there. I feel like again. I know I've said this before, and I know it's. A stupid might be a stupid opinion, but my brain can't. I, I can't have slasher and horror in the same category. I don't know why. I won't let it. So I think this is a, sort of a slasher movie. It's very much a slasher movie. I mean, you know, Terminator is basically like if you know Jason Voorhees was a robot. <laughs> is there any slasher movie where they use a gun though? Um, I'm sure there are. I'm not the guy to answer that. Caleb would know. Uh, I, probably, I guess not because this whole point of a slasher is like it's you know slashing. Slash, yeah. You can't slash someone with a gun. I, you could try. Yeah, you just <laughs> people. Um, I think you know Jigsaw. I guess if you want to consider, well, Saw is not a slasher film. Sla- Saw is torture porn. I don't care. I will still enjoy the movies, yeah. but Saw is torture porn. Well, I guess um, Scream, you know, Ghostface. Oh, yeah. When they're, when they're unmasked, they always have a gun. Yeah. So, there you go. Uh, but Terminator doesn't need a gun. He'll fuck you up with his bare hands. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I love when he goes through the fire and his fucking eyebrows are gone. Yeah. I was like, 
I was, I kept thinking like something's wrong with his face. And then I'm like, Oh, eyebrows. <laughs> Speaking of face, the scene where he's cutting his eyeball. I, that was a puppet, right? Yeah, of course. Of course. Okay. Cause I was like, I was like, this doesn't look right. This looks really creepy. Like uncanny Valley. This is done by the, the creature effects in this, in this movie are done by the, the late great Stan Winston, who also did Jurassic Park. Oh shit. So he's the, the greatest VFX artist of all time, like the hands down. So he made these movies. That's so fucking cool. But I feel like, I don't know, like if, like if they, this movie came out today, they would have just used, well, they would have used CGI. But I mean, you could use prosthetics. Yeah. Do you know of any reason why they didn't? Or just because of the time, it wasn't possible. 84, like they had some rudimentary CGI, but it looked like shit. And oh, no, prosthetics. Oh, prosthetics. Uh, like, why did they make a, a life size? Well, they... <laughs> Unfortunately, there's scenes in this movie where he's got prosthetics. He's got like you know robot shit and yeah. that where it's clearly Arnold Schwarzenegger wearing something. But I think for that, they also didn't want you know the film star having a scalpel that close to his eye. Probably like they had to make it look real and fake at the same time. It's it's hard to explain. That's fair. So you, you're telling me that in um, <laughs> 1984. No, don't put a scalpel too close to your face, but they'll give Alec Baldwin a gun. <laughs> Loaded. <laughs> How time yeah. Some, you know, some productions are more safe than others. I mean, in one of the Mission Impossible movies, there's a scene where Tom Cruise has like a knife right up to his eye. And that's not a visual effect. Tom Cruise insisted that that actor put that knife at least like half an inch away from his eyeball. Okay, well, Tom Cruise is also a Scientologist. So anything he does doesn't surprise me. It really isn't it weird how that's kind of the case. It's like anytime some crazy story comes out about Tom Cruise, we're all like, well, yeah, of course. Well, yeah, duh. Come on. Of course he's gonna, you know, do a halo jump for a movie. Of course he's gonna hold on to the side of a fucking airplane. Like, yeah, Tom Cruise. What wouldn't? Why wouldn't he? Like, Army Army Hammer, you know, coming out as a as a cannibal. But if it was if it was Tom Cruise, okay, yeah. Oh, this is yeah. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Uh, but it is weird when actors will like endanger themselves for the scene. Like, yeah, we just we just did um, on Oscar Sunday. We talked about Deliverance recently, and uh, that movie was so cheaply made they didn't have enough money for stunt doubles. So the actors are really just leaping off mountains and like, oh, fighting God, and shit. Man. Like crazy. I um again, I'm a just now getting into good movies, so don't judge me. No. But Jackie Chan, yeah, is fucking insane i did not know that he did that everything he's doing he's legitimately doing that blows my fucking mind dude if like there's a montage of all the the stunts that he fucked up The, the, the amount of time that man has almost died on camera is staggering he did a he hopped over a live table saw yeah like fuck did you see the one where he uh slides down the skyscraper yep Dude, it took him like months to build up the courage for that one. Only months, dude. Well, he also had no net. Like it was, if I slip, I'm I'm gone. <laughs> like that's it. I just thought of this just real quick. I know this is way off topic, but um, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the fact that they had an actor play Bruce Lee, um, just imagine being like, "Hey, you're gonna play Bruce Lee." The weight that you have on your shoulders. Oh, dude, the backlash that film got because of that scene. Really. Like, 
oh yeah, especially from Bruce Lee's family, they they claim like he they portrayed him as arrogant, as you know, mean spirited, as kind of a hack. And I'm thinking like, well, yeah, that's how Brad Pitt's character is remembering Bruce Lee. That's yeah, exactly. not Bruce Lee. Like that's, of course, he's going to remember the, you know, the little guy who talked a big game and then he threw into the side of a car. <laughs> yeah, so he didn't know who Bruce Lee was, obviously. At the time, no, he was the guy on the Green Hornet. He hadn't done all of his movies yet and become a global superstar. Yeah. He was in the Green Hornet? Hornet? Yeah, he was Kato. That's what they were filming in, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I haven't seen, uh, I've only seen the remake of Green Hornet. Well, there's, that's all there is. Like it was just the, like, there was the movie and then there was the TV show from the, from the sixties. Like they never made another movie. Really? I thought they did. Nope. That's all they ever did. What am I thinking of? Maybe I'm thinking of the old movie. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Bruce Lee was the man. Uh, I admire anyone who does their own stunts. I mean, you might be out of your fucking mind, but you're like dedicated, like you're not going to half-ass it if you're the one who might end up on the fucking table saw. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will give that to um, Tom Cruise. Uh, it does take a lot of guts. I mean, if he dies, he's going to go to a giant spaghetti monster in the sky. So what's whatever. But you know, do your own stunts. Be happy. It's all good. Dude, when he when he dies, whatever afterlife he ends up in, I just know he's not going to think it's good enough. If God is real, I want him to make a PSA. Like, hey guys, this is where he ended up. <laughs> I'll never forget little Nikki where everyone goes to hell and they're like, F, you know, FYI, the Mormons were right. So everybody else, I got bad news for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, funny shit. Uh, Terminator. Uh, oh yeah. Her, her roommate. And that's I love the scene where her, um, her boyfriend calls her and starts like dirty talking and doesn't bother to make sure he's got the right person. That was funny. Like, oh shit. Uh, uh, Sarah, I'm sorry. Can I talk to Ginger, please? And then immediately he starts over. <laughs> that is fucking funny. I have a similar story. I was dating this girl this one time, and uh, I actually answered the phone on speakerphone with my family. That was a mistake. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. I mean, the, the speed in which I turned off speakerphone was immaculate. God damn, man. Just a quick PSA from the Filmgasm podcast. Uh, make sure you know who you're talking to. Yeah, get clarification, then, you know, go into it. But yeah. first, make sure you get a name. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, dude, when they got killed, that was, that was, that reminded me so much of Halloween. Yeah. I was thinking they reminded me of um, Nightmare on Elm Street. But yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was creepy just, you know, her making a big fat sandwich with her Walkman guy getting thrown through the fucking wall. I love he's like, hey, man, you better step off or something (laughs) like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Yeah, the cops were on it. Lance Henriksen and uh, Paul Winfield, both great character actors, kind of half-assing this investigation. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that, that was um I was looking at the cast and uh that's um he's that uh yeah Lance uh Hendrickson he's in um have you played Detroit hmm. become human yeah he I think he did yeah he, yeah he's done some video game work no I'm saying have you have you played it oh have I played it no 
Oh, okay. He plays one of the characters in it, and he's one of my favorite characters. He plays like an old painter who owns one of the androids. And when I saw him in this movie, I, I was like, holy fuck! I was like, I know him! Yeah, he's awesome. Lance Henriksen's a badass. He's been in so many great movies. I think, you know, probably most people know him, I think, as Bishop in Aliens. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good stuff. He played the leader of the vampire gang in Near Dark. Awesome vampire movie. I haven't seen it. Cool movie. Uh, Bill Paxton, the, the gang guy, he's in that He's in that too. I think my favorite vampire movie is probably 30 Days of Night. Ah, I, didn't, I didn't care for that one. No? Maybe it's because I lived in Alaska. I don't know. That's cool. I thought it was a great concept. I just, I something about the vampires having their own language and all that kind of bugged me. Yeah, that was kind of weird. I don't know. To me, it got, like, nothing's ever gotten better than Fright Night. Fright Night is such a good movie. Love Fright Night. <laughs> um, so now, you know, Sarah's like, what the fuck is going on? Reese explains to her, like, hey, I'm from the future. It's from the future. He gives that great speech of like, you know, it can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't know fear or remorse. It absolutely will not stop. Like, Please tell me that was on the poster for this movie. Uh, I don't know, but let's find out. That seems like it would be on the poster of the movie. It's a great line. Uh, the tagline for the Terminator. Jesus Christ, that's a long tagline. In the year of darkness, 2029, the rulers of this planet devised the ultimate plan. They would reshape the future by changing the past. The plan required something that felt no pity, no pain, no fear, something unstoppable. They created the Terminator. That's not a tagline. It's a synopsis. That is too much. Yep. In the 80s, there, like, the tagline usually was like a paragraph. Yeah. I, um, every time I think of like cheesy taglines like that, like, you know, I always think of Hot Fuzz in that scene where Dandy's in a supermarket and he's looking at the back of the Super Cop film and he's like, Super Cop, meet the cop. They can't be stopped. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Like, where's the bag? Where's Lurch? He's in the freezer. Did you say cool off? Like, no, I didn't say anything. Shame. He's like, no, no, but earlier <laughs> I distracted him with a toy monkey and said, playtime's over. Then I hit him in the head with the pot of plant. You're off the fucking chain. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that movie. I think my favorite movie tagline of all time, I think, is Anchorman, because it's such a stupid tagline. His news is bigger than your news. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking great. I love that. Dodgeball had a good one, too. Grab life by the ball. Yep. That was a good one. <laughs> Dodgeball. I can't unsee. Ben, it was Ben Stiller fucking a pizza, right? I can't, dude. Yes. I was, I was, I was going to tell you, I watched Mystery Men, and this oh, is fucking great. <laughs> wasn't that a great movie? It's so good. I didn't know that that was Captain Barbosa until halfway through the movie. I was like, where the fuck do I know him? <laughs> I love the whole... Oh, okay, we are going to talk about this at length when we're done recording here. Okay. Right, uh, <laughs> that's great. I love that you watched Mystery Men. Um, <clears throat> so now they have to figure out a way, like, we got to get away from this thing. And the Terminator's got to carve out his eye and figure something out. That's where the sunglasses came from. He's always worn sunglasses as the Terminator since. Yeah. Love that. Somehow his hairstyle changed. Okay, I'll take it. Um, <laughs> and um, eventually, like when they're swapping out cars, they get arrested. 
and Reese gets interrogated by Dr. Silberman, who shows up in Terminator 2 as Sarah's care, care guardian. I love that. They kept that continuity. And he shows up in T3, too. And is like, you know, sometimes things, you know, you, trauma makes you, see, makes you see things, terrible things, impossible things. And he's like reflecting because like he saw the T-1000 in part two. And he's convinced himself that didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great moment. I mean, if you uh, see a man melt and then reform, I think you would have some trauma. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, so they're at the police station. Terminator shows up and is like, I'm, he's like, I'm a friend of Sarah Connor's. Like, that's going to get him in. Yeah. <laughs> Guy's like, oh, go on, go on ahead. Sure. I'll. <laughs> that's great. Oh, and then he just shoots the fucking place up, kills everybody. Even our cops who we thought were going to be with us for this ride. And nope, they get gunned down really fast. Well, because when, when they were like, oh, go in the back, there's a couch you can sleep. I was like, dude, you guys aren't. I mean, I, I know that they don't know, but there's nothing that they can do. There's nothing anyone can do. No. And also, you know, maybe a little harder than the couch in my office. I mean, clearly this guy has shown some in, intent to kill. Yeah. Yep. And right next to a giant window, I might add. Also not safe. Yeah. Uh, Reese and Sarah escape. Oh, I did love that scene where Reese is earlier on, where Reese is stealing a car and he sees the searchlight from the, from the crane or something. And he has like yeah, a PTSD like, moment. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was good. Yeah. I like that. I didn't really care for the future scenes in this movie just because I kind of wanted it to get back to the plot. But um, just because I was so enthralled in Arnold Schwarzenegger killing people. But um, oh, I get it. I got you. But they are cool. I love the, the, the vibe of the future, the blue tint, the purple lasers, the yep. hunter killers. It's, it's pretty cool. For six million bucks, this movie looks really good. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Uh, and then Reese talking about, you know, John, why he's here and saying, no, I've lo- like, it's only ever been you, Sarah. Like, it's like, yeah. well, as soon as he said that, I was like, I was like, oh, fuck, he's, he's John Connor's dad. I understand. Yeah. And I think he, I think on some level he knew that too. Oh yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. That's why he volunteered. He's like, I'll be your daddy. I hope that's how he volunteered. I hope that's how he said it. <laughs> Probably not though. Uh, hey man, uh, look, I don't know how to, how to explain this. Um, I, I really want to fuck your mom. Um, well, considering John knew, I bet like, he's like any volunteers and like five hands went up and Reese's didn't. And he's just like anyone. Yeah. Anyone at all. Please. <laughs> Just looking at Reese with daggers. <laughs> what if something went wrong? Like, what if, I don't know. What if, like, they hated each other, so they never... I mean, to be fair, to be fair, if something had gone wrong, everything would have been fine. Because, as we know now, everything that happens in this movie is what kickstarts everything. So, yeah. Well, and also this, the, the, fur, the later films go into like multiverse theory and how like every time a Terminator is sent back, it creates a new timeline split that like this is now happening and there's no way to save the old one. It's just everything's going to happen the way it happens. So like even if John gets killed, nothing changes in this universe. So shit gets wild. <laughs> yeah. In, in part five, Arnold gets to be a T-1000. Ooh. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I'm like the only one on earth who liked that movie. Everyone fucking hated Terminator Genesis. Is that Dark Fate or Genesis? Genesis. Everyone hated that movie. 
No, that's the newest one. No, it's the one before the the newest one. I'll, I'll talk more about the sequels towards the end. Oh yeah. Um, they decided to start making pipe bombs, and uh, I love that Sarah like almost blows them up, and he's just like gentler than that. <laughs> yeah, he's like, please stop. Yeah. Oh man. Which again, Those pipe bombs didn't really do fucking anything, by the way. Yeah. The fact that she goes from that to being like what she becomes later is crazy. She does like they they fuck pretty fast. Like it is out of like it goes from like I am I was in love with your photograph to I would die for you on the other side of things like really quickly. Yep, hundred <laughs> percent. A little, little bit, little, little on the extreme side because it's all in one night too. Yeah. I do love the lo- the Terminator love theme that's playing when they're when they start making out. It's like it's the same Terminator theme. It's just with like a soft piano. Yeah, <laughs> it's the same exact music. <laughs> that's great. Uh, yeah. So they take this thing on, and um, they ultimately manage to blow it up in a truck. And they think like, oh, we did it we defeated the Terminator. And then in the background, you can see the wreckage moving and it's like, oh shit. Yeah. That part was pretty yeah. cool. Uh, that fucker shows up, you know, metal skeleton, like eight foot tall robot monster. Yeah. That was so uh, fucking cool. Yeah. That was uh, stop motion, right? It looked like stop motion. It was stop motion. Yeah. Okay. And it looked pretty good. Yeah. I was surprised. All of it, you know, it looks like the way a robot would move. Yeah. And uh, Reese ultimately sacrifices himself to take this thing out and only manages to, manages to blow it up in half, which sucks. It's like, now, so his plan was, Sarah, you handle the rest. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like, she's like, get on your feet, soldier. I was like, okay, come on. <laughs> Dude. I mean, his whole plan, like the whole, he was given one order by John, protect Sarah. And then he just is like, She's I mean, he doesn't that. know if this is going to work. I guess he's like, it's, if once I'm dead, it's not my problem anymore. Uh, but yeah, when that thing gets blown in half and you see Reese's dead body and then it gets up and you see the, you know, the Terminator's just more oh, so now, you're like, shit, what do we do? Nice going. Fuck. But then, you know, how Sarah takes him out is so satisfying. You're terminated, fucker. Terminated, fucker. Yeah, that was so cool. <laughs> yeah, hydraulic press. I'll take care of it. I'm so glad I watched Ghost of Mars before I watched anything else because all of the awful fucking one-liners in that movie were so bad that now with the nice guys and now this, I get to enjoy one-liners done correctly and it's the best thing. Coffee, just how you like it. I'll never, that's so good. Um, yeah, it is good. You know, once you've hit rock bottom, there's nowhere to go but up. Yeah, no. <laughs> So maybe it's a good idea to just start watching the worst films you possibly can so that the good ones are even better. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Sarah goes to the hospital and is then, you know, decides to leave and go take, you know, start talking to her unborn son. And some kid takes a picture of her that happens to be the picture that Reese had. I actually so, really like that. Was cool. Yeah. Like the car. Yeah. Well, the whole theme of this whole franchise is like, is it fate or is it like, do we make our own destiny? And it's constantly, there's themes constantly warring with, you know, with that. Like sometimes it's fate, sometimes it's not. It's like, it's 
it's really hard to nail that down. And I like that the the franchise has never really owned up to either side. It's a dark fate. Okay. Ah. That was yes. Right. Gross now. <laughs> I got to go wash my mouth out. <laughs> that was awful. So here are some gasm facts for The Terminator. Got some cool stuff here. Number one, one afternoon during a break in filming, Arnold Schwarzenegger went into a restaurant in downtown LA to get some lunch, realized all too late that he was still in Terminator makeup no. with a missing eye, exposed jawbone, and burned flesh. Oh, my God. Like, what the fuck happened to you? How do you not feel that? <laughs> Imagine the manager. Governor, are you okay? <laughs> there was um, that movie Near Dark. I was men- I mentioned the, the vampire movie. Uh, there's a scene in there where Bill Paxton gets like blown apart and he's like missing, he's got a hole in his head. There's no eye, he's like covered in blood. It's, he's like butchered. And he decided to prank some people while they were filming. He went up to somebody like on the other, they were filming at a train station or something. And he went to talk to somebody who wasn't part of the set. And he's like, can you help me? <laughs> and they're like, what the hell? He's like, you think I'm bad? You should see the other guy. <laughs> Oh my god. I love it. I, I get it. I would do that shit all the time. Um, this made me laugh. Michael Bean almost didn't get the role of Kyle Reese because in his first audition, he spoke in a southern accent as a result of working on a part for a stage production of Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. <laughs> That's fucking great. Imagine it's like, no, shut it off, please. Well, well, this is what happened. During a talk with Bean's agent, the producers mentioned that they really liked his performance, but they didn't want the accent. They thought it made him too regionalized. And the, the agent was like, what, what accent? accent? What are you talking about? <laughs> no. After that got cleared up, Bean was called back for another audition, nailed the part. Imagine <laughs> that phone call. Say, hey, Bean? Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you almost had it. But apparently they didn't want fucking Colonel Sanders saving the future. So what the fuck? What'd you do? I want Colonel Sanders saving the future. Are you kidding me? (laughs) All right. And now number three. Though it is now considered a sci-fi classic, this film was originally conceived and written as a horror movie. If you strip away the robots and time travel plot, it is very similar to a slasher picture and borrows many of the genre's tropes most prominently from Halloween and Halloween 2. The Terminator is the movie's unstoppable killer who silently stalks an innocent woman, killing all of her loved ones until he is in turn killed off in a creative way. Sarah Connor is the movie's final girl who is strong enough to outsmart the killer and the only one to make it out alive. The end of the film also employs many of the slasher genre's techniques and scare tactics. A final showdown in an enclosed and isolated space where no one can help, crawling through tight, cramped and dangerous spaces to escape, and the killer coming back for a final scare multiple times. Also note that per tradition, a character who says that he will be back dies in the end, and the killer, despite dying at the end, returns in one or more sequels. That being said, contrary to these slasher movie tropes, the heroes have actual access to weapons which they use against the killer. The Terminator becomes one of the few unstoppable killers of the genre to use firearms as his main weapon. You pointed that out. That is apparently exceedingly rare. Kyle Reese is one of the few boyfriends of the genre who dies trying to protect the final girl, but due to his own intervention and not directly by the hands of the killer. And Sarah Connor is one of the few final girls of the genre to have sex in the picture and make it out alive. <laughs> That's pretty fucking funny. Yeah. So there's okay. pieces. It's a horror, it's a horror structure that sci-fi was then melded onto. 
Okay, I see that. I can see that, yeah. And coming from a dream, I feel like I, I get that, you know? Yeah. Well, there it is. That's for you, Caleb. <laughs> the truth will out. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the sequels. First up, 1991's Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Arguably the best in the series. In this one, another T-800 is sent to find and protect a 10-year-old John Connor from a T-1000 the liquid metal Terminator that Cameron always wanted to use. This time, not only was the CGI good enough to render the T-1000, it won the film an Oscar for best visual effects. Hell yeah. Yeah. So this one, I love the Terminator, but it don't get any better than T2. That movie is perfection. It really is. Hmm. It's such a great movie and a great action movie. Got some horror elements still. Great story, great characters. It's awesome one of my favorite movies of all time yeah um like i said i remember watching a i think sarah connor in a factory she missing an arm she got um she has she's wounded a bit so she's like putting all of her weight on one leg and then using the shotgun with her other arm that's right yeah that's at the end of the movie Mm -hmm. i remember something like a family like someone's about to get sniped or something I i don't remember uh, nobody gets sniped, but there is a, the foster parents get killed by the T-1000, and that's a great scene. He just impales one of them through the cabinet with a knife. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking Todd. <laughs> My God. T2, we will do it on one of our shows at some point. That might end up being an Oscar Sunday just because it was such a big Oscar movie, but it is going to, I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, then we had 2003's Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. This time, another T-800 is sent to protect John Connor and his future wife, Catherine, from another Terminator on the eve of Judgment Day. Nick Stahl plays John and Claire Danes plays Catherine. And this was right before Arnold got elected. Uh, he almost didn't do this, but they were able to do it before he, uh, he took office or something like that. Very cool. But, uh, this one's got its moments. It's a cool story. Uh, kind of mixed reception from fans. I've always liked it. Uh, the villain is called the, uh, the TX. And Ooh. she, she's like liquid metal over a regular Terminator, and she can control other machines. That's pretty cool. cool. Yeah, so she's not bad. But the whole like we, you know, we didn't stop Judgment Day; we just postponed it, and it's about to happen, and we got to stop it now. It's a really cool story. Hmm. It's a neat one. Um, then we had the spinoff series Terminator: The Sarah Connor Chronicles, which premiered on Fox in 2008 and lasted two seasons. It starred Lena Headey as Sarah, preparing her son John for his role as future resistance leader and fighting off Terminators who are sent to kill them both. And this one just ignores Terminator 3 and just continues off of T2, which is because <laughs> Sarah's dead in T3. Oh, and they okay. just decided to just kill her off off screen. It was a weird thing to do. Uh, I haven't seen the show. I'm a fan of Lena Headey. She played Cersei in Game of Thrones. And uh, I heard she was good in this. So it's got its fans. So does Dark Fate retcon T3? Oh, yeah. Dark Fate ignores everything but the first two movies. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's all the continuity of this franchise is so fucked up. <laughs> uh, term, 2009, Terminator Salvation, the only movie to take place entirely in the future during the war. Christian Bale stars as John Connor, who meets a Terminator who believes himself to be human, played by Sam Worthington. Uh, I saw this at the movies in 2009. I haven't seen it since. I, I did not care for it. 
Uh, it completely revamped the future. Like the blue tint, the laser rifles, all that's gone. It's just oh. like a gritty desert looking war movie. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. And Arnold has a brief cameo, but it's like, it, it's a CGI Arnold Terminator. Oh. That's clearly not, he didn't show up for set. Like this is a CGI Arnold. Mm. But um, it's been a long time. I think I might watch it again just to see like, does it, is it better now? Yeah, I like the... Um... Ex Machina, like the whole like I'm a robot, but I think I'm human or I feel mm-hmm. human. Yeah, that's like um, that's pretty. There's a game called Soma that really deals with that concept, like robots who think they're alive, they feel emotion. It's just that's one of the things that scare me the most is like um, you know, sentience, unknowing. You know, I feel like that's that has to be just awful knowing that you're not human or well, thinking that you are, but not, you know. Yeah. Well, imagine like, you know, one day you get like shot and you don't die, but you look in the wound and you've got like wires and shit. Oh my God. That's why that... is like next to Batman. I love cyborg because he's going through some shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just a daily existential crisis. Yeah. Yeah, this one, it, it goes in that direction, but it's also like, it, it dances around it. Um, Anton Yelchin, the kid who played uh, Chekhov in the new Star Trek movie, uh, he plays Reese, but he's only like 15, and Christian Bale's John Connor's like, I gotta protect this kid, because one day, he's gonna be my dad. <laughs> oh, that's so fucking weird. Yeah. Um, then there was 2015's Terminator Genesis, the first attempt to reboot this franchise. In this movie, now follow me on this, this gets convoluted as shit. Uh, Kyle Reese ends up transported into the wrong timeline where a Terminator tried to kill Sarah as a child and she ended up being raised by the good Terminator who saved her that she calls Pops. Okay. So it starts with like the day in 2029 where Connor and Reese saved the world, where they stopped the war. And Reese is about to go into the time machine and then a Terminator grabs John and fucks with the machine and Reese gets sent God knows where. And he ends up in a timeline that's all fucked up. Sarah's a warrior already. She knows he's supposed to bang her. She's kind of reluctant about it. <laughs> and it's, it gets weird, but I liked it. Uh, but I get why people don't. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger returns, is joined by Amelia Clark as Sarah. Jai Courtney as Reese, Jason Clark as John, and Matt Smith as Skynet. Hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry, Matt Smith as Skynet? Yeah, Skynet itself, like the, the central core of the yeah. machine world, manifests into one being, and Matt Smith played him. Like the collective? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense. There's always a collective. It's always oh. got to be representative. And, I would have uh, been but that's just me. I don't know. <laughs> The biggest thing that, and this isn't a spoiler because amazingly they put this in every fucking trailer. Uh, John is a Terminator now. Oh, shit. Like the Terminator that grabbed him in the future infected him with like a, a machine virus that what? turned him into a robot. What? Yeah. And then he goes back in time and like builds Skynet in the 2010s with a new name, Genesis. Okay. Sure. It's, it's, it's a hard movie to follow. But again, I reiterate, I liked it. <laughs> it sounds cool. I'm into it. I like time travel, interdimensional shit like that. Yeah. We're never going to get any answers to a lot of the shit because everyone was like, no. 
and they rebooted it again in 2019 with Terminator Dark Fate. And this one followed the Halloween template and just ignored everything but the first two movies. We'll take you know, everything people didn't like does no longer exist in canon. So just ignore it. <laughs> I find that, I mean, I think it's cool sometimes, but also I think it is a little lazy. Yeah. It worked for Halloween. I don't want everybody doing it now, though. No. Uh, this time, a Terminator did succeed in killing John Connor as a child. Ooh. And Sarah just kept fighting. She continued to find and kill any machines that came from the future. And the future rewrote itself because there must always be a war or something. And now there's a new human resistance leader who's going to rise in John Connor's place. And uh, she's a young woman who doesn't want any of this. And Sarah agrees to help protect her. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton return and are joined by Natalia Reyes, Kenzie Davis, and Gabriel Luna. Uh, I thought this was cool. I liked this. Didn't do well enough to warrant more. So Terminator franchise is in kind of a limbo right now. That's sad. Yeah. They can do more. There's a lot of cool ideas here. Just, you know, get experimental. Uh, I give the first Terminator a nine. It's a fantastic movie. Looks amazing. And it is so good, but I just thought T2 is just a bit better. It's a bit better. Yeah. Uh, I'll give it an eight. Um, just because I, I feel like my score will go up when I see more of the movies. Right now, I'll give it a solid eight. Um, that's just because I'm jaded and stupid and a young millennial who likes newer special effects. But the special effects in the movie were fucking great. But uh, yeah, it was really good. I'll definitely be watching the rest. Nice. Good to hear. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. If you like the show, feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Filmgasm Productions. If you want to suggest films for us to check out, you can always send us a message there or email us at filmgasm at gmail.com. Check out our website, filmgasm.com, where we have reviews, articles, trailers of upcoming movies, and all of our episodes. If you want to support the show, you can click on support this podcast on your preferred provider. We appreciate whatever you think we deserve. Next week, the gauntlet continues with the film that essentially gave birth to the modern zombie film. A group of survivors hole up in a farmhouse during the start of a zombie apocalypse. They start to turn on each other and the dead are getting closer in the immortal classic 1968's Night of the Living Dead. Ooh, I am excited. This is one of the Consider one of the greatest horror films of all time, a landmark in the genre that without it, so it would look completely different today. So we're going to finally dig into George Romero proper in this epic movie. Can't wait. And hopefully Caleb will be back on his feet and be able to join us on that. Uh, I, hope so. I love Night of the Living Dead. I have to see the other ones. I haven't seen any of the other George Romero zombie movies, but uh, I'm, I, I will for this, for this episode. I'll watch them all because... They're so good. And the fact that they gain sentience later, pretty fucking cool. Yeah, shit gets weird. Uh, Night, Dawn, and Day, one of the best triple features you could ever have. (laughs) Oh, shit, wait, I've seen Day. Oh, 1985, Day of the Dead? Nope. Dawn, I mean, I've seen the, the, I think I I guess there's a remake. Yeah, I saw the remake of Dawn of the Dead. Okay, that's not bad, but the OG is is way better. Uh, Definitely worth checking out. Um, well, until then, don't miss Masters of the Universe on Fridays Beyond the Bad and a Best Picture Showdown on Platoon on Oscar Sunday. Remember, the future is not set. There is no fate but what we make for ourselves and keep watching movies.